Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you You shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God Our God is greater Our God is stronger God you are higher than man
place I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be Than hearing your love Hearing your love No place I'd rather be no place I'd rather be No place I'd rather be Than hearing your love Hearing your love No place I'd rather be there's no place I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be Than hearing your love, hearing your love No place I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be Than hearing your love, hearing your So set a fire down in my soul That I can't contain, that I can't control Cause I want more of you, God I want more of you, God Set a fire down in my soul That I can't contain, that I can't control Cause I want more of you, God I want more of you, God No place I'd rather be I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be Than hearing your love Hearing your love No place I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be Than hearing your love Hearing your love So set a fire down in my soul That I can't contain That I can't control Cause I want more God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Cause I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Cause I want more of you, God. God, set a fire down in my soul That I can't contain, that I can't control Cause I want more of you, God I want more of you, God God, try. 
Father's Day to uh, those who are fathers and um, yeah um, it was great to have Mike here this morning um, I guess uh, we went to high school together and since then uh, we made this deal to um, um, whenever I speak he has to uh, do worship for me so that's our commitment through life and um, I think he does a great job with it I think he's definitely has a gift um, God's blessed him with and very powerful to uh, to worship with him. Actually, on this way here this morning, um, we kind of we were worshiping in the car, and uh, we kind of started going the wrong way towards Bristol instead of uh, towards Naugatuck on Route Eight. So we got caught up worshiping. <laughs> we uh, we came a little late, but it was okay. We were definitely on time. But um, for those that don't know me, my name is Dan Litovich, and uh, I know Jared because he was my basketball coach for four years in high school. Um, it was definitely a privilege. I could definitely say he was my the best basketball coach I've ever had. Um, and um, knew his stuff, but I think that the reason why it was um, it was such such a great four years that I had with him um, was because that uh, every year our team we not only played well together, but we we really dug into the scriptures in the um, off the court more than on the court. We were um, Bible studies before road trips. Um, long, long, long Bible studies at team night up to like 2, sometimes 4 in the morning just digging into the scriptures just getting into the word and getting grounded in it um, even to down to our team slogans uh, the first year, my freshman year um, our team slogan was uh, play ball, live God um, meaning that we play ball and then uh, off the court also we live we live God it's, it's our life um, the second one my sophomore year was, hold on, let me think of this one. This was uh, clear out like a man. That was my brother's year and Justin's senior year. That was to, uh, to man up, to own up to things that um, weren't our lives and then clear them out like a man. Um, also came on the court with uh, boxing out and being strong on the court. And um, Our third year, my third year, was Adam Paulson senior year and Matt Harris. And... Um, our team slogan was "Light It Up" that year. They, every year the seniors came up with it, and uh, that year they chose "Light It Up" was to light it up with uh, <laughs> Adam Paulson liked to light it up with his jump shot, and then off the court also being a light unto God and uh, shining forth and even to other teams. And then my senior year, we got to uh, I got to pick this one, and uh, the slogan that me and Adam came up with, my the other senior on the team, team captains, uh, came up with uh, "Iron Men." 
which was based off of Proverbs 27:17, and it was, uh, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens countenance of his friend, which is um, on the court and off the court once again. But um, our last year we were the Ironmen. Um, that one definitely stuck. Um, it was a really cool one, I thought. But um, this morning we're going to go to uh, Hebrews 13, verse 7. We're going to try to um, base this whole thing off of this one verse. Um, it is Father's Day, and Jerry wanted me to focus on that. Um, so, I thought this verse was really great from my point of view. Um, we're going to be flipping around a little bit. We're going to go to five different passages to look at um, really big. I'm going to highlight a couple just by speaking them out. Other passages you won't have to turn to. I'll just say them. And, um, first of all, let's just uh, let's pray um, for the reading of the Word, and uh, the Holy Spirit will just um, open up hearts and minds. So, let's pray. God, um, we just we just thank you for this morning, and uh, God, I thank you um, for the places you bring us, the stages you put us on, God, um, the different, the low ones, the high ones, whatever it is, Father. It's all to glorify your name, God. It's all it's for, and um, we just ask that you glorify your name this morning, God, um, through this worship that we just had, and just through the reading of your word, God, through through me speaking, God. I just lift these things up to your name, Amen. So Hebrews 13, verse 7 says, says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, consider the outcome of their conduct. Um, this one for me, it's a, just the beginning of it. It says, Remember those who rule over you. And, uh, and it's Father's Day, who, who rules over you, usually your father. Now, I was blessed to have an amazing family, an amazing uh, dad, amazing brothers, amazing mom. And um, yeah, the Lord's blessed me with that. Not everyone is as fortunate as that, as I am, but I'm very thankful for it, and I try to live my life to, uh, to show God that I'm thankful for it. Um, but he says, remember those who rule over you. So right immediately, I thought of my dad. Also, I did think of Jared with this one, too, because he was just one of those guys who, um, he has played a father figure, or father role in my life, that type of figure. Um, I do have an awesome dad at the same time, but he has definitely helped me out with a lot of stuff through counseling, uh, all through the basketball team and everything, and just my life with uh, stuff. Um, but, also, um, my father, too, um, in general, says, remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you, the ones who, who are always just bringing counsel to you through God's word and nothing else, just not leaning on their own understanding, but bringing to you through God's perspective. He says, whose faith follows, so their faith follows the word of God. It says, consider the outcome of their conduct. Right? And just look at, the, just look at their lives. Like You'll see it. The ones who preach to you the word of God and, and their faith follows it, just look at the outcome of their lives. Just look at it. It's unbelievable what, what God does when, when you follow with faith. And um, What I want to go over is uh, three things, the three most important things that my father showed me um, growing up, which has kept me with the Lord and just falling in love with Him each day more and more. Um, and the three things, the first one is um, the Bible. To be grounded in the very words of God, um, I think that uh, we need to read more. Um, and if you get into His Word, it, uh, a quote by Mark Hale says, "If you want to be a leader, you got to be a reader. If you want to be a reader, you got to. If you want to be a leader, you got to be a reader. You got to be soaking your mind with good things over and over and over again. Because what you read, what you listen to, whatever it is, that's what you meditate on. That's what you think about. And then after a while, what goes in, it does come out." through your mouth, through your lifestyle, whatever it is, you're going to show it. So if you want to be a leader, you've got to be a reader. 
fill your mind with good things. We have the Bible. God wrote a book, and he gave it to us. He wants us to read it. Me and uh, my friend were driving around last night, and uh, he was like, oh, he's like, you want to... Um, you want to go over a book of the Bible, like that we, or you want to go over a book with me that we could read together and just talk about when we work, because it's Adam and he works with me. And um, I said, yeah, sure. I was like, I was checking out this uh, book by Francis Chan. He's got, um, it's called Forgotten God. You want to do that? He's like, oh, I was thinking of uh, a book of the Bible. Like, oh yeah, you're probably right. That'll that would be a lot better if we got into God's Word. Um, but but just the fact that God wrote a book, right? Like we think of these great authors. Oh, oh Francis Chan, I, I love that guy. Like he's so good. I want to go get his book and read it. What about, what about the Lord, the God of the universe, man? He's literally written a 66-book note to you. We should be in it. We should be reading it. Not out of guilt, but out of love, definitely. Um, I think that also we're very fortunate to have uh, His Word in so many other countries. We're not um, definitely not allowed to in uh, China and all those other places. Underground churches are being persecuted for the faith. Um, the other day... Uh, I was on the boat. I leave my Bible on the boat. Uh, I witnessed to my coach a lot. I mean, not my coach, uh, my boss a lot. And um, so what I do is I try to go up on top of the boat so I can get in the Word of God and just talk to God and read His Word and hear what He has to say. And um, because the radio's on and they're listening to secular music. So when I go on top, I actually don't hear the music because it's just the wind and I'm on the ocean. It's, unbel- it's an unbelievable view. And then I get, in- get into the Word of God and, um, and just hear from Him and, and just talk to Him. And, and uh, I left my Bible up there. And uh, I tried to put it under a lobster pot so it wouldn't blow away. But then I forgot it, went home to work. That night, there was this huge storm. I thought it was, I was outside. The, the sky just looked green. And, um, and yeah, I guess he went out later on the boat to go set a net. And he saw the Bible flew onto the front of it. And he was like, oh, no. So he, he stopped the boat, ran up on front, grabbed the Bible. But the storm was just blowing. It was just going nuts and all the, all the wind and waves and everything. And I guess he's holding the Bible in his hands. And the wind just literally... Knocks her out of his hands in the water and it was gone. And he was like, oh no, we got to get a new Bible on the boat. But um, just the fact that the next day I brought another Bible. And it was like, I got plenty of them at my house. I have, this, I have like 10 Bibles at my house. Like, and the one that I had was a spare. And then the one that I brought on the boat was a spare. And we got the Word of God. And there's so many places where they, they can't have it. They, they, they need it. They long for it. Um, there are missionaries over in uh, China who they're being held... Um, being held hostage, they got uh, they're being persecuted for their faith, and it was it was against the law to be a Christian. And um, there are 23 of them, and one of them stuck a Bible into the Taliban, and um, she literally the the girl ripped it into 23 pieces for each one of them, so that when they were by themselves alone, they could just get a glimpse of the Word of God, just to be encouraged and just to see His Word. Man, it's is it I, I thought that story was unbelievable. There's more to it, but. Just the fact that they, they literally ripped the Bible just so they could get a glimpse of it whenever they had time alone with God. Whenever they had, like, two minutes alone, whatever it was, just hide it and hide it. And just stick it in their pocket, put it in their pants, whatever it was. Just so they could glimpse at the Word of God. Um, but the next one we're going to go to is uh, Psalm 119. I think that uh, this is actually the biggest, biggest chapter in the Bible. It contains 176 verses. And actually, every day at work on the boat, I try to read this whole chapter because it's so big, it's, I get new things from it every time. But um, 176 verses written by David, and 174 of them are about the Bible. 174 of them are about the Bible out of 176. He just goes off about God's Word. Um, I'm just going to go through real quick and just read a couple. Verse 11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Down to verse 18, it says, Open my eyes that I might see wondrous things from your law. 
Verse 28 says, My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Down over to 67. He says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Um, Verse uh, 73. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I might learn your commandments. Verse 97. I love this one. Oh, how I love your law. It is, the meditation, it is my meditation all the day. I'll read it again. He says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Over to 136. Again, with loving the Word of God. I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. 140 says, Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. 163. I hate... Oh, nope. I already read that one. Um, and 167 says, uh, My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. And um, these, uh, these words that David's speaking here about the word of God, he... <laughs> You can tell he loves it. It's not just something that uh, he reads, he obeys, he follows. Those are all things that he does need to do and that he does do. But um, the fact that he says he loves it, I, I, that one hit home with me because um, I always thought, like, all right, we're supposed to love God. Like, that's the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love God, right? That's all he wants of us. But these are his very own words. Like, these are God's words, and they're not going to contradict with what he's, he's doing. You know, They're not going to contradict with what he says, what the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. And David says, how I love your law. It is, it's the meditation all of my day. Like, it revives me. It, it's, it's unbelievable. I stand in awe of your word, he says. Like, I just, I love it. Like, I just love it. I love it. I love it. God, your commandments are so, so powerful. They're so pure. They're, they just keep me going. And then, um, I'll read this one real quick. It says, this is actually one of the best verses about the Bible. It's Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword pierced into the divisions of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Ephesians 6.17, it says, is the sword of the spirit, also the word of God, it says, right? Um, and Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. And um, and he talks about all the different armor, the gospel, shod your feet with the gospel of peace. And he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. And he's got all these different armor pieces but then he gets to the last one, and it's the sword. You have one weapon, right? One, one weapon. And that is the Word of God. And that is why we need to get into it. That's one of the reasons why we need to get into it. It's very important. But I think that, um, going back to Hebrews 4, 4.12, is, is the Word of God, it's, it's living and powerful, right? The Holy Spirit speaks through it to us. He opens stuff up to us. He opens our understanding that things we couldn't understand by ourselves. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Again, with the sword, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to even the visions of the soul and the spirit, right? The difference between the soul and the spirit, just piercing through it. The joints and the marrow, talking about literally our fleshly bodies, right? And then is the discerner, this is my favorite part, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's unbelievable. Even down to the thoughts and the intents, right? Our motives behind what we do and our thoughts. It's a, it's a discerner of them, of our heart. But I think that the um, problem is that so many people have this book um, so mixed up. 
I think it's um, I think it's about religion. Um, I love Jared's slogan, uh, just of the church in general. It says, church without religion, right? So many people think this is about religion, and about, about good works, and about earning your way to heaven, and about guilting yourself to, to know God out of guilt. It's not, it's not what God intended. If you read the book, it, there's nothing about guilt. There's absolutely nothing about guilt. The greatest commandment, as I said before, is to literally love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. It's all He wants of you. He wants you to get in His Word and to study it and to understand it. And then to live by it and be an example to people. And to grow closer with Him and love each day. And literally what I do is when I get into the Word, I'm like, alright God, just one brick each day. Just one brick, one brick, like Nehemiah, man. Nehemiah's just building one brick at a time. And he's just reading His Word. And just one, one truth at a time, one truth at a time, one truth at a time. And it's the meditation all of the day, right? Just one thing to meditate on all day and just meditate on God's Word. And let it just sink in and just totally consume you. It will consume your lifestyle. It's, it's powerful, it's living, it's alive. We're going to go to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. I've been meditating on this verse, these verses a lot and um, while working on the boat, I try to, uh, to uh, be consumed just with God's Word and just... His, the very words of God. But uh, verse 22, we're just going to read three verses. It says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass and all glory of, of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flowers fall away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Our glory is not going to go on for long. God's word is the one that stands forever, not us. We're going to wither, we're going to fade away, but the word of the Lord stands forever. The second most important thing my father showed me growing up through his lifestyle um, he was always in the Word of God, teaching me to get grounded in it. That was the first one. But the second one is um, second one is prayer. As um, I was talking about before, it's not. This isn't religion, right? If you came here this morning seeking religion, like you, you came to the wrong place. This is about a, a relationship with God. The God of the universe wants you. Like He is calling you. He wants a relationship with you. So it's not about guilt. It's not about religion. It's just based off of love, and that's it. Just grounded, rooted and grounded in love, as he talks about in Ephesians 3. But prayer, prayer is talking to God. It's literally talking to Him. Um, so many times when, uh, I love the way Jared prays, um, and that's one of the reasons I saw that verse in Hebrews 13, 7, consider the outcome of your conduct. And when we, when we sit here and pray um, before each opening, um, Jared, man, he, he always, he's, he starts and then he ends, and... Um, I mean, I, I bow my head and, and we start and I close my eyes and he just starts talking. And I literally, there's times where I just look up because I'm like, whoa. Like, it literally sounds like he's just talking straight to God. Like, he's sitting across the table from him. Just, just right there. And I'd have to look up and be like, hold on, wait, is he, is he talking to God? Like, where is he? But he, he's here. He, we, we can't see him, but he's omnipresent, right? That's what he says in his word. And, um, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, it's just so cool to see that. And, um, and then I want to imitate it, right? As it says, he's like, consider the outcome of their way and imitate it, you know? 
Paul says, uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ in 1 Corinthians 11. 1. But yeah, the way Jared prays, man, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you ever pray with him? He's just, he's just talking, you know? And it's literally like he's talking to God, like right there. And it's, it's sometimes confusing when I close my eyes and bow my head, but um, I look up and it's just Jared praying. And, uh, um, but it's talking to God. It's a relationship with God. Um, he answers. He answers yes. He answers no. Sometimes it's no. But all the other times it is yes. Um, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Right? To God's throne. The throne of grace he describes it as. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Right? Come boldly before the throne of God. Don't hesitate. God's saying, don't hesitate. Just come to me. Just come and talk to me. 1 Peter 5.7 says, Cast all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. He doesn't care if he... He already knows what you're thinking. He says he's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He already knows what you're thinking. But he just wants to hear it from you. He just wants to talk to you. He just wants to hear you just pour out to him and just come before his throne boldly. But, um... Also, with prayer, um... This has been, lately, one of the biggest things in my life lately, besides the Word of God and... I think that I know I've grown up in a Christian household and just learning God's word and everything. But um, and I know the song. It says um, we sing it all the time in Sunday school. It said, it "says Jesus loves me." This I know, like for the Bible tells me so. But but lately, in my life lately, there's been it's almost been like a competition between the scriptures and prayer of God answering them and almost turning my affections towards Jesus, right? Just stirring it up the way the way he answers me is just unbelievable. I can't just the the big things, the stupid things, the little things doesn't matter. He he answers them and and sometimes it just leaves me thinking, God, why like why do you even care? That's so dumb. I know I asked for it because I just came to your throne just be just cuz you said to. And then and then you answer me? I was uh, um, a couple weeks ago, I was trying to. I was driving. I was leaving work, driving lobster to some fish market, and I know Clover Rose. It was my first time going there, and, and as I'm going there, I'm, I tried to follow my boss's directions. I got lost, and I'm, I'm just driving. And I'm like, oh no, I don't know where this place is. And I'm just going, God, what am I doing? You know exactly where this place is. Like you, you built this whole earth. You know right where it is. Like can't you just? Can you somehow just bring it up? Just show me where it is. Like just somehow make me make a wrong turn or something. Just show me where it is. Literally, I come around the corner, right? And this girl who I know, I had no clue where she lived. She comes to a couple of uh, the Bible studies I've been running. And, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Emily. Like, what the heck? So I just pull over to the side of the road. I'm like, I was like, hey, Emily, Emily. And she's like, what are you, what are you doing here? And I was just like, I'm, I'm looking for a fish market. I was like, do you know where it is? I was like, it's called so-and-so and so-and-so. And she's like, yeah, that's literally, you take a left here, a left there, and it's in my backyard. That's right where my house is. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I was like, thank you so much. Right? I drive, find it easily. I was like, God, you've you got to be kidding me. Like, you just answer. You don't, it doesn't matter what it is. You answer. Also, um, lately, um, I've been trying to, we've been going over, I've been doing a Bible study, a men's Bible study guy from my church, James Clifford, and uh, we've been going over the gifts, right? And um, I saw one, I don't know if I have it, but I really want it. And it was the gift of faith, right? I want, oh man, I want the gift of faith. But um, I don't know if I really have it. 
But um, so I've been trying to almost like test it, like to, to strengthen my faith. And um, so as you, as I uh, came up here two weeks ago and talked about the Dominican, um, I decided to God that I wouldn't do any fundraising stuff. Right? That was um, unless it was asked for me to do it, unless someone knew and they asked me to do it, or if someone asked me, "Do you need money? How much do you need?" and they gave it to me. But besides that. I just stopped all of it. I said, no, no, God, if you want me to go, you're going to have me go. Like, it doesn't matter. There's a quote. Um, I heard it from uh, CJ, Mike's brother, CJ Sabellis. He said, if it's God's will, right, it's God's bill. And wherever he guides, he provides. So I was like, all right, Lord, you could, if you want me to go to the Dominican, I'm going. And there's no doubt about it, right? He, he owns a thousand hills. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. $1,300 in need is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I've been uh, reading in James chapter 5 where he says, The fervent prayer for the righteous man avails much, right? And Elijah, right? Elijah, with a nature just like ours, he said he asked God that it wouldn't rain. Three and a half years, no rain, right? All he did was pray fervently. That's all he did. And God just answered him. Right? The fervent prayer for the righteous man avails much. With a nature just like ours. So, so if you were to bring the prophet Elijah in here and compare him to me, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm telling God. God, what's the difference between us? Yeah, I know He wrote the Scripture. I know you worked through Him. But you can also do that through me. Right? I know He had a lot of faith. But that's the faith that I want. And all i got to do is pray. Why don't you pray? No, God, please. Just, just no rain. No rain. I can't because it will ruin this. It will ruin that. Three and a half years, God's, God shut it down. Just no rain at all. And then it says that Elijah prayed again. And God immediately just gave it right back. That day that Elijah prayed for rain. Boom. Rain. So as, about the Dominican Republic, I'm thinking, God, I gotta pray like Elijah. I gotta pray like this. I gotta have faith like this. I gotta strengthen this. And um, thirteen hundred dollars, need, Lord, I know you can just provide it. And just every day, just God, I know you could just like just somehow just put some random check in the mail for thirteen hundred dollars, just unknown, whatever it is, just throw it in the mail and just give it to me. You could just literally drop it in my hand from the sky right now. But like, I don't care how you do it, just whatever, right? And just little by little by little, just $100 here from this person, 200 from this person, 300 from this person. I had my plane ticket, which was the $600 I needed. And then I'm, I'm, I had $600 for my plane ticket. And then all of a sudden, boom, check for $800 for my church. And I was good. And, I, and I, I'm, going, I'm driving home from church with an $800 check in my hand. And it just doesn't make sense to me sometimes. Why? Why the God of the universe answers? It doesn't make sense sometimes. And then, uh, excuse me. Um, me and uh, my friend Adam Paulson, we work on the boat, and uh, our boss isn't saved. And uh, another kid. He um, he's growing up in a Christian home, but he's uh, he's not living it. Just a little by little, sin took him apart from God, and he's not walking it. So, me and um, my brother Adam, uh, we decided to to go a half hour before work. We work at six in the morning on the boat. So, um, what we do is we went, we go a half hour every day. We try to just to pray for these guys for their salvation and. Um, and every day I'm just praying and praying and praying, God, you gotta, you got to reach these people. I know I can't do it myself. I know I can't do it. It's got to be you. And um, 
So it was me and this kid, Tom, and we're working on the boat, and I'm sitting there, and I'm going, God, I got 10 hours with this kid. Just, just bring up something. Bring up something so I can talk to him. And uh, on the boat, we, there's, we use a horseshoe crab for bait, and we chop him up with an axe. So I'm just sitting there for four hours just chopping and chopping and praying and praying. Going, God, just bring something up. Have him just come up with something. Just, just bring something up. So he sparks up a conversation. We just start talking about you. And um, four hours straight, just praying. And... Uh, I go into um, I go into the cabin in between trawls and and so I'm sitting in there I'm just eating. My boss is like, "Oh, the radio's working on." So I'm like, "Oh, great! Now we get to listen to secular music and devil worshiping music." But um, <laughs> and, uh, so I'm pumped about that. And um, and then uh, on the radio, this was uh, it was May, beginning of May, and on the radio, all of a sudden, you all heard about uh, the world's supposed to be ending May 21st, 2011, right? So then a commercial for that comes on, and it's like, the world is ending May 21st, 2011, at this time, 6 p.m. Um, repent now, and all this stuff. And, and so I was just like, oh, this is so disgusting. What is this stuff, you know? And then and we listen to a bunch of secular music, and um, we go through a couple pots, and all of a sudden, in between the pots, um, we're just sitting in the back, and he's like, He's like, so dude, what do you like what do you think about that? Like about the world about to end and about God? Like what is what's going on with that? And I'm literally just like reaching to grab some bait and I just start oh my face just lit up. I just started smiling. I even felt it on my face. I just started smiling. I'm like, I like me, Dan Litovich, like just just sinner, right? God, the God of the universe. I, Dan Litovich, talk to God and he answers me. It doesn't make sense sometimes. Like, God, why? Like I just all I did was ask to talk to him and in the fervent prayer of the righteous man of hell is much, and you just answer me. And I got to talk to the kid for the rest of the day just about God and his life and salvation and repentance of sin and how it's turning from the cross. It's not sitting in your sin. Jesus says for freedom that you set us free. Um, in the last part of prayer, I want to go to uh, Psalms 27.4. And uh, this is David. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible right here. But if I had to ask you the question, um, how is your prayer life and what does it look like? Just think about it. Because David here, he prays for one thing. And if I had to ask you, what is the one thing that you keep praying for? That one thing, whether it's some lost friend you have who's not saved or you need money God provides stuff for you what is the one thing that you always ask for because I think that David nails it right on the head here he this is unbelievable in verse 4 he says the one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek he says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, right? The one thing David wants. He says, Lord, can I, just, can I just dwell in your house? Just all, for my whole entire life, just let me sit here, just let me behold your beauty. Just let me inquire in your temple. Just let me sit and just gaze upon your beauty. And I'm thinking about these times where I'm just in the Word of God, just sitting in my bed, just for an hour, two hours, whatever, hours and hours and hours a day. Just going, God, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I know i got to go work, but I just want to sit here. and just I just want to talk to you. I just want to read. I just want to hear what you have to say to me. And that's what David's asking. He's like, God, just let me sit here. Just let me dwell. Just let me behold your beauty. Can I just, can I just become so overwhelmed with it that I don't even want to leave? And, and in its context, I love it. In verse 1, he says, The Lord is my delight and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
Lord is, my, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, in this I will be confident. The one thing I desire of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret places of His tabernacle He shall hide me. He shall set me upon a high rock. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in His tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. But in its context, right? He wants to dwell in the house of the Lord, right? That's unbelievable in itself. But then he just, in its context, man, he's like, in verse 1, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? No, who? Like, seriously, show me who it is because I'm just not seeing it right now. I'm sitting in the Lord's house. I'm seeing who He is. I'm just not seeing who's going to defeat me no matter what. He's my light. He's my salvation. Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Listen, you got to show me who it is. Who's going to defeat me? Because I'm just not seeing it. Right? I'm sitting in the God's house and nothing's going to stop him. There's absolutely nothing that's going to stop him because, verse 2, I love it. It's almost like this attitude of, like, yeah, make my day. So you, go ahead, see what happens when you try to defeat me. And he says, uh, When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes stumbled and fell. I'm in the house of the Lord. They stumble and fell. They're not going to come against me. And though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Right? They'll war rise against me, and this I'll be confident. And listen, the more you bring, the more I get confident. Because I'm just sitting in the house of the Lord. I'm just dwelling in this house all the days of my life. And you, you, you can't even show me who's going who's gonna to come against me. Like, who is it? Who in the world is going to come against my God? Like, who? I don't, I'm just not seeing it. Who is it? And this is just David's attitude. And he's just saying, listen, I'm in his house. He's going to hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He's going to set me upon a high rock. You can't touch me. When I'm sitting in the house of the Lord, when I'm dwelling in His house all the days of my life, every single day, you're not going to touch me. I just want to sit and behold and gaze upon God's beauty. And that's the one thing David asks for. It's the one thing I've been asking for lately as I've studied these verses. I just want to sit in your beauty, God. I just want to talk to you. I just want to pray. I just want to, I just want to inquire in your temple. But the um, last part is um, the third part my father showed me, the third most important thing my father showed me. And that was how the Holy Spirit works through these two things, right? How he works through prayer and how he works through the Word of God. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 3. Um, There's two verses we're just going to go over real quick. This is about the Holy Spirit, um, about his power, about (laughs) what he can do through people. It's unbelievable. But also at the same time, through your lives, when stuff comes up, 1 John 4 one says to test the spirits. Make sure you know it's the Holy Spirit. Don't just go off of, oh, I, I think this is good. I think I know what this is. Uh, he's telling me this. And you just go by it and I'll test the spirits. Pray to God and say, God, listen, I don't know if this is you. I, I, hope, I hope this is you. But you've got to test the spirits, it says. Um, chapter 3, verse 10 says, Oh, I mean, um, maybe it's chapter 2. That's what, yep, yeah, I'm sorry. First Corinthians 2. Wow, that was a, that would have been bad. 
So 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 says, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, right? The words of God. He's revealed them to us. He's revealed these things through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deepest things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God, right? So how are we going to, like, all we know about is what our Spirit knows, right? And then just as God, He says the things that God knows, the Spirit knows. So who, like, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have freely given to us by God, right? I love in, uh, when it talks about Jesus, right? When He ascends back up into heaven, right? When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, right? The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, right? He literally comes and lives. Because when Jesus ascends back up, He says, listen, like, don't be afraid. I'll be with you always. Because now when I go back up into heaven, you're not my Spirit with you. I'm leaving my Spirit behind with you. You can live inside if you accept them, right? And then, through that, he says that he searches, the Spirit searches all the things. That's the deepest things. So God's Spirit is within us, so then He can reveal only things that He would know. Right? In First Peter, he's saying, um, Peter's talking about rejoicing about the Word. Just rejoice about this. Look, man, you should be, he says, uh, he says, you should be rejoicing with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. Right? And then he talks about prophecies and how, how they work to edify us in this time and to, to prove the Bible to be true. And he says, these are the things, man, that even the angels look into. Like the angels living moment. This is unbelievable stuff. And then the Spirit of God, right? He's powerful. He's living. The Word of God is powerful, living alive. And then the Spirit comes to show us things, right? He reveals things to us through the Scripture. So when, when you study, when you meditate, um, I always ask God, uh, Psalm 119, 18, it says, Open my eyes, right? We read it before, that I might see wondrous things from you all, right? So I'm just on my knees going, God, before I even open this thing, just, just open my eyes so I can just see your law. So I can just, like, teach me, please. Like, I know, I know I'm undeserving, but just, just show me things, right? Because he will. He will definitely show you, show you many things that, um, that you can't get by yourself. Um, I just want to finish this last part off with a quote um, about the Word of God and about prayer and how it is a, um, it's a relationship with Him. It's not about religion and um, it's not about guilt and... Um, in Romans, he says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? There's no guilt at all. It's based off of love. But Francis Chan says in uh, his book, Crazy Love, this is one of my favorite quotes. Um, he says, when we love God, right? When we love God, we naturally run to him frequently and zealously. Jesus did not command that we have regular time with him each day. Rather, he tells us to love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And he called this the first and greatest commandment, Matthew 22, 37-38. The results of this are intimate prayer and study of His Word. And our motivation changes from guilt to love, right? So it's just this idea of just not reading His Word out of guilt, like, I have to do it, I have to do it, I have to do it. Well, you should do it, but it should be out of love, right? It should be to love, He says to love, just love me, just love me, just love me. And if you do love God, the results are just going to be intimate prayer and just, just time in His Word and just studying it and just getting in the Scriptures just like David and just beholding His beauty and not wanting to leave and just studying the Word and studying the Word and studying the Word and our motivations to change from from guilt to love. And um, as it's Father's Day, um, and through the Bible, the two main messages that I see is um, 
God wants us. He loves us so much that He wants us as His bride. But not only that, He wants us to be His children, right? He's called our Heavenly Father if you receive Him as your Savior. And um, and he, he loves us like a father, right? Like we are, when we accept Him and receive Him, we are literally His children, and He loves us just like a father. And, and I'll tell you, Father's Day, and... Um, I guess it should be about about your own earthly father too here on earth, but I mean every day should be Father's Day for God. Every single day should just just be about God and just about loving Him and showing Him how much you love Him. And uh, not out of guilt, but just out of love, because it's one of the main things I want to get across this morning. Just not out of guilt, but out of love. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. So um, we'll just pray, and anyway, I think we got snacks and stuff back there, so. Oh, actually, um, Mike and them are going to come up and do um, one more song, um, kind of Father's Day song for God. So let's just pray. So God, um, we just uh, we just ask that your Holy Spirit move across hearts right now, Father. Just um, whatever words, whatever your words said to God, whatever was convicting, whatever whatever stood out, whatever jumped off the page, Father. Help that to be our meditation all the days, Lord, all the days of our lives, Lord. Just like David said, Lord, we just ask that we would just dwell, just dwell in your presence. Just dwell in your, just inquire in your, uh, in your temple. Just behold your beauty. Father, help us to uh, just take something out of this, Father, whatever it is. Just that your name would be glorified and not mine at all, Lord, just you. God, um, as we're about to, uh, Sing of your love for us. So that we would just uh, listen to the lyrics and um, and sing them out to you, Father. That it would lead to worship. Put these things up in your name.
my 